Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by my favorite co-host, Mozzie. Hey, what's going on? Not not a lot, my man. Not a lot. Just enjoying uh, this wonderful time we have of football coming back. We've got some preseason games tonight. So, it's um, coming back. Yeah, so we know there might be some stuff we, we miss from tonight that happens tomorrow, like injury news-wise. And, you know, maybe we see some awesome breakout performances from these backups. But <laughs> it's preseason week one, so, you know, eh. And I'm so starved for football, I'm actually probably going to watch this. Yeah, I mean, will, will I bet on it and play preseason DFS? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, I am going to play preseason DFS, that's a fact, but I'm a degenerate. But um, It's okay. It's the first step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just acknowledging it. I'm not going to try to fix it, I'm just going to acknowledge yeah, it. No, that's, that's, yeah, no, that's, you know, who cares about that? <laughs> you acknowledge it, you're fine. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, just like I'm going to acknowledge that we have some awesome stuff for you guys today. Oh, segue, perfect. Um, what Nailed we've got it. today is we've got, um, you know, players outside the top, say like 10 at their position that could finish top five. So for quarterbacks, we did, you know, top 12, they could finish top six and so on and so on. So if they're outside of the top, oh, the sirens. Sirens are back. Yep, yep it's yeah, the hot coming. take sirens. <laughs> hot takes. we got all the hot takes. Mm-hmm. But, um. Yeah, and they're like receivers out of top 20, you can finish top 10, that kind of thing. So that's what we've got on tap today. But um, first, um, shortly before we recorded this, Duke Johnson got traded to Houston. So What? what? See, fun. sirens are going off just for that. Exactly. But yeah, that this was kind of the one of the expected destinations, I'm going to say. Like, it also makes the Foreman cut make way more sense. A lot more sense. Yeah, because I mean, it was, it was surprising regardless, but like, it makes sense now, I guess. Yeah, when it happened, I was like, okay. Uh, I mean, I know he hadn't really panned out, but it seems yeah. like he could have just held on to him for a bit longer. Yeah, and he immediately goes to the Colts. So, Yep, and now they've got Duke. Mm-hmm. Duke. Duke. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I think Duke and Lamar is a nice, you know, backfield combo. It's an odd one, but, you know. Yeah, they're definitely, like, opposites. Uh-huh. So... <laughs> I mean, I guess immediate reaction on Duke's value. Obviously, it's going to, I assume it's still going to be PPR dependent, but I mean, I think he can, 100%. yeah, I mean, I think in PPR, he can definitely be a top 24 back. I, like, I'm assuming they're going to use him a lot. Yeah, I think you could pencil Duke Johnson in for me at the minimum a RB3, but <clears throat> most likely, he'll be weak season two, even a one, like on certain weeks. Yeah, he's, I mean, in a PPR league, he is going to be started pretty much every week, I assume. So, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it more help for Watson. <laughs> Honestly, like, with how with how bad the offensive line is, he's going to get a lot of dump-offs. <laughs> yep. Like, can they just put Duke at, at O-line? <laughs> yeah, it's literally going to be tight ends. As they, they needed Drew Sample, apparently, right? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Damn Bengals. Darn, you pesky bungles out of the game. But um, yeah, so uh, moving on to some injury-related stuff. There's not, I mean, okay, there's a lot of little things that come up, but I guess I'm just going to talk about the important things for now. Um, two main things are uh, are Andrew Luck's calf and Antonio Brown's frostbite. <laughs> um, whether he was working out in his loafers and that messed it up, whether he did actually get frostbite, whether he's just nasty. Well, yeah, did you hear, do you know the whole story? I was reading up on it last night. Yeah, go for it. 
And he, so he was going through like a cryotherapy and the procedure was just like not done correctly. He had a bunch of like minor like contusions and whatnot on his feet. And then when he put his feet in the cryo chamber, his feet fucking swolled up and the bottom of his feet <clears throat> just completely died off. <clears throat> So, like, you can see the pictures online. It's not, like, an extreme case of frostbite. He will be okay, but it's going to take a few weeks because he lost the entire bottom of his foot. Yeah, dude, it looks skin, so basically. gross. I was like, what the yeah. wrong? I would, I At least that's, fr- that's what, like, what I'm reading. Like, how are you as an NFL player stupid enough to put yourself in a position where your feet might fall off? Like, how do you – not even just a wide receiver, like – one of the top wide receivers. How are you? Like, how do you do that? I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, I assume like all, like most most NFL players and probably wide receivers, especially, they like, probably all have like kind of gross feet, just because like there's so much stress on them all the time. For sure, they talk. Yeah, they talk about that a lot, and like how they get pedicures and whatnot because mm. they get really messed up. Yeah. The Jets just signed Morris Clayboard. I don't know if that's necessarily good or not, but they did it. Very solid corner. Yeah, I don't know how it was last year, but anyway, I just saw that. I'm like, oh, you're Jets. But, um, and yeah. the GM is going nuts. <laughs> yeah, dude. That, it's like, that... this is what you give me? Yeah, the line is getting a lot better. It's nice. Some nice Hold stuff. Hold dude out of retirement. <laughs> yeah, dude. Khalil, and then whoever, who'd they get from? Was it the Ravens? Who was that? That Lewis guy, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, lots of good helps. <laughs> but, um, where would it be? Yeah. I wonder if that was, I wonder if that was before or after, um, he worked out in his, uh, boat shoes. <laughs> Did you see, like, his brick workout or whatever? No. What was that? There was, like, a workout where, like, he, like, had a brick in front of him and he was, like, <laughs> he was, like, had, like, one hand in front of him, one behind him, and he was, like, Pretty much, he had a brick in his hand, and he like let go with a brick and switch hands, and then put the one back behind him. Pretty much, and like pretty much tried to like keep the brick up, like just grabbing it over and over, like uh, yeah. Trying to explain, it. but he was wearing like his like boat shoes or loafers or something while he's doing that. I'm like, I wonder how much that messed up his feet too. <laughs> Working out in his loafers. In his loafers. But yeah, whatever is wrong with his feet. I mean, wait, I'm so confused. Did they just mess this up, or is it the Chiefs, the Jets? Hold on. I've got multiple notifications that someone signed Morris Claiborne. It was the Chiefs, not the Jets. Ooh, plot twist. <laughs> I hate when they I hate when they just say something and it's just wrong. I'm like, just wait like a <laughs> fucking minute. Gosh, you don't have to be first. You should be right because then you look dumb and then you know what? I look dumb too. So fuck you. And everybody looks dumb. Yeah, exactly. Just be, just be right. You don't have to be first. Just be right. Anyway. They could really use him. Yeah, the Chiefs. The Chiefs make more sense for that. They need help badly. <laughs> yeah, their corners uh, are dreadful. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So um, oh yeah, on Lux, on Lux calf. Um, I I mean that's something to watch. I mean, is it assuming it's actually his calf and not anything else? Then I I assume he'll be fine. But like, uh, yeah, Lux strikes me as the guy who would play through that, even if it was hurting him. Yeah. I, I think he'll rest up a bit and he'll be fine. It's just a matter of like, I really hope he's not broken. <laughs> yeah, it's he's like so fucking good. Yeah, if the Colts like just broke him by not putting a line in front of him until now, I'm gonna be so pissed. But 
But speaking of other good players who are hurt, uh, AJ Green is going to definitely miss some weeks to start the season. Um, it's a bummer, and the Bengals are going to be super awful without him because that's God. But um, <laughs> so, like, I'm I am not touching any Bengals in DFS or season long or whatever while Green's gone. Because <coughs> that offense is, I, I I can look up the numbers, but that offense is so much worse without AJ Green. It's absurd. He opens everything up for them because yeah. he's. Pretty. I mean, he's. I don't want to say he's unguardable, but he's damn near close. He is super duper good. Yeah. <laughs> Not having him on the field, they're like, well, we don't have to really worry now about, you know, the passing game. Yeah, anything really. So they can focus more on Mixon, which sucks for his value. Mm-hmm. At yeah. least, in, yeah, at least until Green does come back. Yeah, I'm. Re- I'm really hoping this isn't like the cliff for him because he's so good. And if he if he's wasted on the Bengals, I'll be so bummed. Well, he'll probably be with the team for his most of his career, I'd assume. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, they need him, but um. All right. So I'm looking at um, the difference. Oh, there's more um. Sirens there. Injury alert brought to you by the DC Metro Police. Yes, yeah, so I'm Never looking. <laughs> I'm looking at the team splits with with and without AJ Green. So when he's in, when he's in, they run. Sorry, when he's in, they pass about 64, 65 percent of the time, and when he's out, they only pass like 60 or sorry, 56 and a half percent of the time. Wow. And then their success rate. So their their. Uh, Run success rate goes down like almost ten percent, and their pass success rate goes on like eight yep. percent. So, because you can stack the box if, with your safety if you know you don't need to worry about green over top. Yeah, and their yards per pass attempt goes down um, like point four five, which is a, a good amount. So, without him in, so, so they're uh... worse. Fun fact: <laughs> they're worse somehow. <clears throat> no, it's actually. It's a it's a shame because I was pretty high on the Bengals' offense coming into the year. Like, I think they're kind of being underrated offensively with Joe Mixon, AJ Green, John Ross. Supposedly having a good camp would be a great complimentary guy. And then you have Tyler Boyd. So I was like, okay, they might do some things on offense. Their defense is falling apart, mm-hmm. but for what they it's might worth, do okay. um, yeah, for what it's worth, John Ross got the biggest boost when Green was out, though. Like Tyler Boyd stuff didn't change a whole lot. But, like, um, actually, Tyler Boyd was, if I recall, he was worse, and he got, like, a smaller target chunk. Well, I guess it was also Jeff Driscoll, so it's hard to really say. Like, a lot of the Jeff Driscoll time aligned with, like, with the A.J. Green time being out. I don't know. But there was a lot of John Ross on the field when A.J. Green was out, for what it's worth. So Interesting. Take but, notes. Yeah, John Ross is, like, an early season guy. Just look up those snaps. Draft him and then trade him. Yeah, because he had a 16% target share without AJ Green there. So, I mean, for someone who is red zone threat, and because he got a fourth of the red zone targets too while AJ Green was out. That's pretty good. Yeah. But, um. Interesting. So, he's someone who. He's the one who benefits from the AJ Green absence as as opposed to, um, Tyler The rest of them. Yeah. The rest of the whole team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the thing is like the, the the it's out it's you know balanced by the team just being awful. But um and then so aside from that, injury wise, um just keep a tabs on Derrick Henry and Jamie Williams.
So Derrick Henry, there was a walking boot thing. I think it's he's fine. That that one sounded pretty minor. I don't really know what it was. Um, I saw something that said it might have been like a calf strain. I mean, he was in a walking boot briefly. I think he'll be okay. I don't. I don't know. I mean, obviously you have to watch it just because he's a running back and anything lower extremities is not you know preferred. Yeah, not ideal. I'm less worried about him than Damian Williams, um, just because hamstring injuries are worse. Um, at least as far as, sorry, as far as like keeping people out. They just linger forever. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's. It's not going to be. Nothing can be Leonard Fournette level of hamstring problem, yeah. but like. Yeah, yeah but we said the same things when Fournette got, like, had his hamstring injury. Like, oh, well, you got to watch out because this is going to linger around. And then it mm-hmm. did yeah. real bad. He's also one of those people who, like, he's also one of those players who, like, doesn't like playing at less than, like, at much less than 100%. Like, some guys can be fine at, like, 70%. But, like, there are some players who, like, if they're 70%, they're like, no, I want to be, I need to be 100%. Otherwise, they're just not, like, you know, at all the same. But, um, like De- Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, like, there's some players, like especially speed guys, who just need it. And so, but um, yeah. So with, with Williams, um, it looked like Hyde had definitely because like Hyde was getting the first team reps, and he was definitely impressing. I know the coaching staff likes him, and it sounds like he, they've they've been keeping him mixed in more with the first team, even though Damian Williams is back now, which it might just be unrelated to. But they're definitely seeing more of Hyde, and I'm not not saying Hyde's like a world beater or anything, but. I've expressed my thoughts that he's a little underrated and my thoughts that Damian Williams is super, you know, average at best. Right. What were we saying earlier? Like Damian Williams, the first running back to be a late bloomer. Yeah. To blossom <laughs> at age 27. Yeah. So uh, I'm not buying into Damian Williams either. It's nope. But, um, <laughs> sorry, I was looking at the next gen stats and, uh, Carlos Hyde was sixth in their efficiency, whatever that, you know, is but he did also face the fifth most uh stack boxes of eight you know eight plus defenders in the box that's also a big bummer but you know nick chubb faced the fourth most and he still averaged five yards of carry so you know whatever yeah Yeah, dude Uh, now that dude johnson's gone too like i guess i think dontrell hilliard's the scat back now so um yeah so Nick Chubb is gonna just gonna dong. Yeah, I mean he's gonna. I mean, I think he's gonna get more pass. You know, like pass looks now, more receptions now, just because the drop off from Duke Johnson to Hilliard is notable. I'd say so. <laughs> At the but, very um, least, Duke yeah. Johnson's really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's pretty underrated too. Um, and then moving on to um, Sterling Shepard, he's got a slump thing. It looks like he's gonna be back. Um, for week one, but he, I mean, it's not a guarantee. I think he's like questionable is kind of the thing right now. I can look through it. Um, I would they, hope they got him as probable. He's probably like, ready for week one. If he's not ready by week one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Giants look like the dumbest organization. Yeah, especially because <laughs> Golden Tate is suspended for currently four games. And then maybe two if it gets reduced. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure it's staying at four. Yeah. From what I read, he didn't really have a prayer. Yeah, he's kind of being a dumbass anyway. Um, <laughs> he, like, he tried to get out in front of it, but it's like, dude, I don't buy it. He like, he, not to be a total dick, but I don't necessarily buy that he, whatever it came up was for like fertility something. He's like, oh, we we're trying to have a kid, you know, I had to take this for fertility. I'm like, 
so you're taking test or something, right? Right. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? You're taking, you know, something to help with your fertility. Yeah, sure. Okay. I don't buy <laughs> they it. They all say that. Like, I didn't know what I was taking. It was bad. Like, all right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't buy it. Personally. It's what you have to say. It helps you save face. Yeah. It's just it's like, oh, why would he, you know, come out and say this embarrassing thing? Oh, if it's not true. It's like, he, he knew that would be the response. But anyway. I was taking bull shark testosterone. <laughs> injecting it straight into my neck. Is that what you want to hear? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the Marquises, uh, Marquise Lee and Marquise Brown are both, I think, questionable for week one. Uh, Marquise Lee, um, he's still recovering from his big, uh, like, ACL, PCL. Just his whole leg just got fucked um, <laughs> back in, like, pretty much a year ago. And then uh, Marquise Brown had the Liz Frank reconstruction surgery, and he's been, you know, I think he's back practicing currently, but in limited capacity. So he's questionable week one. I think, I think they'll both be out there, but like not full snap count. It might just be like you know test the waters a bit. Yeah, I think uh, Marquise Lee is one of those. Just like let him take as much time as he needs. I think he'll be back pretty early in the season. Marquise Brown, on the other hand, I I think he'll miss a game or two. Because there's no real reason to rush a rookie into playing if mm-hmm. they're they are coming off injury. Yeah, for what it's worth, I don't have much desire to really uh, draft either. Me neither. I'm, I'm I was really not high on Hollywood. Yeah, I mean he's good, but I definitely thought he was overrated in the sense like, I didn't think he should be that high of a pick. And then also, you know, like rookies coming and hurt are you know, but they're behind. And then the Jaguars, so. Yeah. <laughs> Which, for some reason, everyone seems to think the Jags are going to be like a Super Bowl contending team because now they have Nick fucking Foles. Come on. Which, like, did everyone start watching the league a year ago or two years ago? Big Dick Nick. <laughs> I feel like I'm one of the only people who's like, this is the like, this is not very much of an upgrade. Yeah. The... Offensively. <laughs> He's had his his playoff runs, and then that one year with the Eagles under Chip Kelly, where his where he was the luckiest quarterback ever, pretty much as far as like things not getting picked off. Because he had like a seven touchdown game against the Raiders that time, and then there were so many like dropped picks and all that. It was kind of funny, but um, I, I'm like I've kind of told you about what I call the height theory. It's like this thing. Okay, so when Carson Wentz was playing, right, back in 2017, when you watch those games, the reason that offense was so successful is because Carson Wentz is like the white Cam Newton. He is massive, right? He's huge. And when he throws, all of his throws were like fucking 10 feet in the air. He doesn't have to throw it up at all Mm. for it to be a really hard-to-catch pass for any cornerback. He just has to throw it in a straight line. (laughs) because he's so damn tall and when you watch those games and i distinctly remember seeing this all of his passes looked like they were overthrown like by any normal offense they looked like overthrown passes but Mm -hmm. they weren't because he had alshon jeffrey who could go up and catch those passes that were uncatchable by anybody else unless Mm -hmm. you had a safety all the way at the end of the field (laughs) yeah there's also zach Ertz, large human being Exactly, and Zach Ertz. So when Carson Wentz got injured, my theory of why the Nick Foles thing worked so well is because he's 
was able to kind of replicate exactly what Wentz was doing with the offense via his height and big arm and big receivers. And like, he didn't really have that with the Rams at all. Mm-hmm. Now you have Nick Foles with the Jags. I don't think you can expect to see the same kind of success that he had with Philly. Cause they don't have the same offense and yeah, they do have some big receivers too, but is the offensive coordinator John D. Filippo going to try to orchestrate the same thing? Because last year with the Vikings, Filippo was not super great. Yeah. Basically, all I'm saying is there is a reason Foles did really well, and it's because he was in the perfect backup situation to be in for his type of throwing ability. And now that he's the uh, the lead guy in Jacksonville, I think there's going to be a serious drop off in his production. I honestly can't tell you whether or not it was an upgrade over Bortles. I don't think it was. <laughs> it's funny, at least not from 2017 Bortles. Might be from 2018 Bortles, but um, right, yeah, fair, fair enough. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, like I, I guess we have to ask ourselves: Is this closer to you know Philly with either like recently or Chip Kelly, or is it closer to the Jeff Fisher Rams? And if we're looking at these Jaguars <laughs> and the spectrum is the Eagles these last two years or Chip Kelly and then the Jeff Fisher Rams, like it's it's not alarmingly it's, Jeff Fisher. Rams. Yeah. Like it's, it's not closer to the Eagles. It might be right in the middle, but it's not closer <laughs> to the Eagles. That's the, right. The gist of it is like, I, I feel you there. And that's like the best way I can put it. I think. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my, I'm, that's my little soapbox. I'm not, I am not high on Nick Foles this year. I love Nick Foles. He was one of my favorite guys for a few years. There. It's like, Oh, he beat Drew Brees' records in high school. He's going to be so good. But, yeah, I mean, he, the only tall receivers in Jacksonville are Chark and Terrell Pryor. So. Chris Conley's got some height, too. Oh, isn't he like 6'3 or something? Yeah. Like 6'3. He's kind of taller. I can check that. But yeah, he, he recruited Chris Conley there. So that's kind of like the only guy who'd be like interesting to look at. Yeah, he's 6'3. So but like some of the other, the other guys, like Didi and Cole and Lee, aren't as tall. I mean, they're like 6'1, six six but they're not, you know, they don't have the same height reach. But, uh, right. So my my take on the Jags is that Chris Conley will be, and honestly, Marquise Lee, once he comes back, will kind of be the big pass catchers. But, but could, yeah. I think you could see some DD too. But it's not a situation I want a part of, really. No, God, no, please. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Fantasy-wise, staying as far as fuck away. Yeah, but speaking of quarterbacks we do want a part of, let's go on to our quarterbacks that are being drafted outside of the top 12 in ADP that we think could finish top six. So yes. we looked at, um, see, fantasy football calculator and fantasy pros for the ADP, and we made sure they were outside of these ranges in both of them. So like, none of these quarterbacks are in the top 12 on uh, either site, as far as I'm, I'm aware here. So um, Right, which means there's 11, or well, 12 guys officially going ahead of them mm-hmm. that we think maybe necessarily shouldn't shouldn't go that way. Yeah, so um, I'll start with my obvious favorite of Lamar Jackson here. Um, <laughs> I mean, okay, <laughs> I have to say it. Yeah, I, th- I don't think anyone is anyone who knows me at all is not surprised by this, just because they know I'm a Lamar truther. All right, so first first thing we know that rushing is broken for quarterbacks. That's kind of just like a thing we're aware of. Um, right. Remember the RG three year and Colin yeah. Kaepernick. But um, yeah, like rushing's broken. So like most of the quarterbacks on my list here are like our rushing quarterbacks or like have the potential to rush. Like, so it's 
that helps. That's a big part of it. Um, so from let's see, he got, I think he started at Cincinnati was his first start, right? I believe. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he his lowest output um, while starting. He was never he was never under sixteen fantasy points. Um, so the, his floor is is great. He's not going to ever like shit the bed for you. And like I know sixteen points is like wonderful, but like you know it's that's that's a safe floor. And then he had he had two games over twenty against Oakland and Cleveland. Um, so he didn't really pop off last year. But I mean, we saw we saw the ceiling in the Cleveland game, it's sort of in the Oakland game, and we know the floor is there. And that was with like no passing. They never had him attempt more than twenty five passes in a game. Um, so you got to think that's going to go up some, and then. I think I think his rushing attempts will go down some, but the efficiency will be a little better because the offense is going to be designed around him as opposed to them trying to like hodgepodge something together with I think Marty Morningwood coming in and just being like, oh yeah, let's try this because uh, we'll, we'll run him, and that was literally they had like no time to do anything because it was like Joe Flacco got all the reps in preseason training camp, whatever that kind of stuff, and then he's now got. Greg Roman there, who oversaw the Catmania and was there for, you know, starting San Fran, and was there for Tyrod's Pro Bowl season in Buffalo, and so, and Kaepernick kind of, you know, his his efficiency went way down, um, you know, following that, you know, peak hype, and then Tyrod. As much as I like Tyrod, I mean, he's getting into the Pro Bowl was, you know, his ceiling. So, like, so. yeah. Greg Roman has helped these rushing quarterbacks reach their ceiling. And then Lamar's got better weapons now. And one of my favorite things is I know there's turnover year to year on defense, but he's got a super easy schedule this year. Yeah, the Ravens always seem to have an easy schedule. I don't mm. understand it. Yeah, it's it's a really nice schedule. I can never look it back up. But they start. I think they get the Dol- I know they get the Dolphins week one, so that's a plus. That's just <laughs> that's a that's a nice warm up. So they have Dolphins, Ravens. Sorry, sorry. Uh, they are the Ravens. Wow. Dolphins, Cardinals, Chiefs, Browns as their first four. Okay, so two pretty pretty easy, manageable yeah, wins. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Dolphins, Cardinals, and Chiefs are all really easy defenses, in my estimation. Yeah, if yeah, if you're just going off defense, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then Browns, I don't know how they're going to be. They're young, but they're getting better. And then add the Steelers is always tough. Then they get to face the Bengals in, in Baltimore. So that's four really easy ones. Add the Seahawks will be tough, and then hosting the Patriots will be tough. They get to go to the Bengals again, so it's another easy defense. Texans, yep. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know I, they were pretty bad last year. Their secondary is garbage. Yeah, and then they go to the Rams. That might be tougher. They host the 49ers, who are you know average, I guess. To the They've Bills. improved on the line. I don't think their secondary is improved, though. Mm. They go to the Bills. That one's kind of tougher. They host the Jets, but this is by the by the end of the year. It's around December, so I'm no close. Will be and then to the Browns and hosting the Steelers. But when you're the biggest thing is those first three to four, like really, like those first three matchups are cake. Yep. Like, and, and when then you're, the fourth one's a division rival, so he's not exactly going to stink it up in that either. Mm-hmm. But and one they want to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the him the, him him versus Baker is going to be a fun rivalry, but um. Yes. But yeah, Dolphins Cardinals Chiefs open the season is so absurdly fucking easy. <laughs> like, even if you don't like, even if you don't like trust him long term or think he's that great or like, you know, you don't want to keep him all year. When you're drafting a foot, like a when you're drafting a quarterback for redraft or whatever, like you want 
someone with a strong early schedule so that you can one start hot it's like i mean that's good you could trade this player or you could just keep them if they keep rolling like you want to grab someone who's going to start hot and lamar jackson is set up to start hot so yep and i also he's i think he's just gonna get better as well from year one to year two that's the thing we see a lot so usually players do get better <laughs> and that yeah i think ultimately one thing that you brought up with like Flacco getting all the reps and then them having to bring in Lamar. I think it's a testament to how well coached the Ravens are that they can yeah. still make the, the playoffs, playoffs yeah. after switching from Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson, who are like the opposites. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joe Flacco, who can't move and is just like a high, tall fucking pocket passer. Versus Lamar Jackson, who's just this shifty Barry Sanders that can actually throw it as well. And he didn't have any reps throwing. So I, I, that week two versus the Cardinals, ooh, without Pat Pete, no less. Pat Peterson will not be playing in that yeah, game. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's suspended, <laughs> right? They're going to go, who should we, like, what should we practice throwing today? Because <laughs> nothing could go wrong. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, as far as the the others, um, so Lamar is the main one I wanted to dig into just because he is my favorite. I mean, I'll admit it. I might be a little biased, but I, I feel like there's reason to be biased here. We like Lamar over here. Yeah, but like the biggest thing is like he has that rushing ability, that rushing upside. Yeah, I mean, he could throw for 170 yards, one touchdown, and an interception. But if he runs for 60 yards and runs one in, too, then it doesn't even matter. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> like he, he's someone who could easily – like not easily so like he has the potential to like be like a quarterback too and a running back too like all in one person like you know like i love you on bells like a running back and receiver just together yeah like <laughs> that's the thing like if he passes for even 200 yards a game that's third 200 passing yards and if he runs for a thousand yards like you're looking at some goodness there so some goodness and i think that's all doable because 200 yards a game is pretty low like that's that's achievable easily, I think, right? And then a thousand divided by sixteen is um oops, I did my calculator didn't really work very well there, did it? Um that's sixty two and a half. So I mean as it will say if he pa- if he passes for two hundred and runs for sixty a game, that sound like when you break it down like that, that sounds super doable. So Yeah. And that's some it good do- fantasy it does time, sound so. for him, it does. Yeah, <laughs> and then however the touchdowns come, that's gonna get, touchdowns are always hit or miss too though, but He's going to get the touchdowns, so. Yeah, no. I mean, I think he's a leader, and he's a pretty fiery leader. I mm-hmm. think a lot of the offense is going to flow through Lamar, regardless of whether he's running it or throwing it to the guy who's going to score. He He's going to get touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Could be I think that's a pretty safe bet. Mm-hmm. But, um, so other quarterbacks on here, so Dak and Trubisky, who Dak's also got the running upside. He, I don't think his peak super high but i mean he has a super safe floor so i like him as you know a later option he's going as quarterback like 18 ish or where is he going here he's sort yeah he's quarterback 17 or 18 lamar's you know around that same spot he's somewhere between 15 and 18 these got all guys you can get you know like in the 11th or later and then roethlisberger's going you know right around lamar jackson there so yeah roethlisberger i think He's just a case of every year people don't draft him as high as he ends up being in fantasy Mm -hmm. value. It's every single year. 
Yeah, he does lose AB, so that hurts, but, you know. Juju, man. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like, it depends how much you think the AB thing hurts, but, I mean, we, we've, seen, we've seen Ben Roethlisberger be a super good fantasy quarterback, so, like, I'm okay with saying, okay, he can, he can do it again. And then with Trubisky, we saw he can run, and then he had some blow-up games, so that's also the upsides there with him. Yep. And Trubisky has Matt Nagy, of course, and they have I, they have so many offensive weapons. It's hard to even like like the one guy that should do pretty well is Trubisky. Mm-hmm. And then I see you've got someone on here who's a deeper, not top six, but you think he's intriguing. Yeah. All right, man. I can't believe I'm about to go right through, <laughs> but. So I've shit on Joe Flacco for years. <laughs> I really just didn't like him for a really long time. I think it's because he looks like Nick Cage. And then he had that Fu Manchu that was really gross. Uh, and everyone kept telling me he was elite, and I'd watch his games, and I'm like, are we watching the same person? I don't think we are. We're not. Like, this This isn't the Joe Flacco you're referring to. This is a different one. But I have to be honest. I think people are really 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 underselling the broncos this year i think the broncos potentially finish in the seven to nine nine to seven region i don't think they lose more than those like eight or nine games if i'm being honest and part of that i think this joe flacco thing is gonna work in denver he's got the pieces around him that i see working like i think Cortland sutton emmanuel sanders and noah fant are all just like vertical offense perfect for Joe Flacco. Um, and quite frankly, I think a change of scenery and no less a really nice one. I mean, going from Baltimore to fucking Denver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like literal change of scenery, yeah. Literal change of scenery is going to do wonders for the guy. I think he's got something to prove. He's older, but he's not old. He's not like in the the rivers roethlisberger age yet he Are, still he has Ryan, like the same age like yeah i think he still has some pretty solid years of like top joe flacco left and i have to say like 30th 30th for flacco like there's absolutely no fathomable way i would take eli manning before joe flacco mm-hmm. And that goes for a bunch of these guys. I would take Joe Flacco above Nick Foles. I would take him above – personally, I would take him above Andy Dalton, especially with A.J. Green gone for a pretty considerable amount of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, There's a lot of these guys. Joe Flacco, if you're in a two-QB league, I think he's the perfect QB too. I don't think he's going to be top six, which is sort of what we're more focusing on. I just think he's a case of a guy who's being super, super undersold. And the Broncos as a whole, like I watched some guy do a breakdown. He had them losing their first 10 games yeah, and then going 2-14. and 14. That's not going to happen. They're, no. they're, there are too many good pieces on that team. Their defense is still solid. Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are going to be ridiculous this mm-hmm. year. Like, yeah, I, ugh, I hate it because I don't love Joe Flacco as a whole. But he should be going higher, and people shouldn't be sleeping on the Broncos this year. I mean, I, I like the, I like the, you know, the whole gist of all that oh and who's their new offensive line coach the fucking previous Steelers O-line coach Mm. whatever his face is who's just like (laughs) amazing at putting offensive lines together and now they have Vic Fangio as a head coach 
Like they they made so many good moves. I think it's it's just like negligent of yeah. these. They people. did sign uh, they signed Theoretic too, which is like a nice extra, nice little boost. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, Flacco and Matt Ryan came in the lead together. They were drafting the first round together. Yeah, that kind of thing. They've been tied to each other a lot in that sense. They're, they're the same age, they're three months apart. Yeah, so they're. Yeah, yeah, he's thirty-four. And don't get me wrong, I would take Matt Ryan over Joe Flacco literally every game. Out yeah, of every game, ten out of ten times. But uh-huh. I don't know. I don't sleep on Flacco. Interesting. And he's he's not he's not being drafted, so you don't even have to draft him. Like no one no one's actually drafting Joe Flacco. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he's like you can get on the waivers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have to. I don't know if I'll. Who are they? Who do they play week one? Let's see. Because I imagine he's pretty. So the week one prices for for daily fantasy stuff are up now on FanDuel and DraftKings. So, so game we'll one, they're at home that. against. Oh no, they're on the road. They're playing the Raiders. I mean, that's doable. Like <laughs> in the sense of, I think. Oh, isn't it? That's a Monday night game, isn't it? Or like, a, yeah. It's the ninth, so it's. Monday, yeah, Monday. Yeah, it's a Monday game, so yeah, well, it'll be, you know, it won't be uh, the main slate of DFS, but but yeah, being in a division with the Chiefs and the Raiders, who you know, for all that they do, the Chiefs' offense is great. Their defenses are pretty lackluster. Yeah, he gets four pretty easy matchups, just guaranteed. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting. Like I said, like you said, not a top six guy, but someone who as thirtieth. That's, I mean, I, I. Who's going ahead of him? Exactly, that's the thing. Like, quarterback is super deep this year too. Dwayne Haskins, Mariota, Manning. Yeah. Dwayne Haskins should not be going ahead of anybody. <laughs> yeah, the only context he should be taken ahead of Flacco is a like purely dynastic format, and yeah, you like really believe in this rookie. Mm-hmm. I do. I do like the Joe Flacco thing. Is like a super flex if you just wait super long, like. They're probably not going to put in Drew Locke this year. Yeah. My, and the happening. reports on Drew Locke are awful. Yeah, like, rough to start. Yeah. So. <laughs> not a great not a great start. But, um, yeah, it's – I don't know. But he, he was a second rounder as opposed to a first rounder, so not as much pressure to get him out there and anything. And, yeah. Well, it also depends how it starts going. But, yeah. So, next up we've got our uh, our running backs. Um so it's funny. So I made when I first made this list, carry on was outside of the top 16 because I don't think the theoretic trade had happened yet. And uh, then now that happened. And so he's definitely inside of the top 16 now. So I had to adjust a bit, but he did push Marlon Mack outside of the top 16. And he headlines this list here. I don't know if it's a headlines, but he's on this list here. I don't know who I'd pick top, but he's a good, I one. think, <laughs> I think he's got the best, honestly, like he's got a really good chance to, um, He's he's definitely got he's okay he has gotten better like as I was not a fan of him at all just because like I didn't think he was that good and so like I had a hard time getting on board but he's gotten better I still don't think he's like great but he's on a great team <laughs> is the thing he's on a really good team with a with way a better line, line yeah that's got an, an improved defense now too it's got Andrew Luck like it's just a good offense it's like you want running back on good teams with good offensive lines and even if you think Marlon Mack is you know only a little bit above replacement like that's all you have to be for this like this offensive line so like if marlon mack does stay healthy like top eight is like 
super duper in the realm possible. <coughs> and with all running backs, it's, it's, it's if they stay healthy. That's obviously a caveat in general. Yeah, but, you can really apply that to anybody, though there are certainly players that are more injury prone. Uh-huh. The, I mean, the Colts backfield as a unit like will definitely be – like I think it's super probable to be a top eight backfield, but obviously you have to pick down the players. So – because yeah, you have on... and now Dante Foreman and mm-hmm. but yeah, just based on how like he was last year, like I ended up using him in daily fantasy logic because even though I don't think he's that great, he was you know productive. So, but yeah, I think he's definitely like one of the one of these guys that could finish honestly in in that top in the top eight. Yeah, he. Especially, like, yeah, I mean, he balled out in that Dallas game. He had some pretty good games last year, like Buffalo. Like, he destroyed Buffalo and Oakland. He was kind of up and down throughout the middle of the year, and then he had some really good games to finish the year. So, I mean, if they're going to make him the workhorse, and, like, the all reports are he's going to be, mm-hmm. then great start there. Um, who's who's someone you who you like a lot on this list? Who's someone you're high on? Uh, definitely Sony Michelle definitely one of the first guys that mm-hmm. kind of gravitated towards i mean he's being taken right now he's going as... pretty low yeah because marlon max like just outside of that top 16 sonny michelle's going like what 25 or something? 25th yeah behind david montgomery this is is this isn't a dynasty list is it no it's this is a picture of redraft i mean in what universe would you take chris carson and david got montgomery ahead of sonny michelle sonny michelle apparently is like turning head to practice again like he's getting better uh in the receiving game too and they did lose some people the patriots offense like they lost obviously gronk i personally am not high on in harry whatsoever i don't think he's gonna be that great um which is definitely like my own personal thing but I think there's definitely a void for catches, and I think Michelle is good, like as far away usually as I am from a Patriots backfield. And they did get Damian Harris. I do think Sony Michelle is the lead back for the Patriots, mm-hmm. and as long as he stays healthy, which you know, stipulation, he has that injury history too. He definitely could finish in the top. Yeah, yeah, I heard top and it cut out briefly. Oh, that was it. Oh, that was it. Okay, never mind. I was like. Was there more? The top what? <laughs> he could be at the top. The cream at a crap. Yeah, I mean, he was balling last year for all intents and purposes. He was. Like, would like, you Would you take... Especially in the playoffs. That's the big thing, too. Like, he balled in the playoffs. Right. Now, would you rather have Leonard Fournette or Sony Michelle? That's tough. <laughs> for me, it's, it's not. <laughs> Look, just because the thing is... Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, because Leonard Fournette's going way higher. Yeah, like the fact that like they're they're even for me pretty much. But the thing is, like, yeah, Fournette's going way higher. He's going so yeah, he's, uh, he is. 14. I think he is at sixteen, pretty much 14, 16 range. And like, I would take Michelle over Damian Williams. Um, it for me, like him or Devonte would be a pretty equal sort of like split there. Like, if I had those two available, I wouldn't be sure where to take. Mm-hmm. He's someone who like he should start the season great. Like for any, like for all reasons, you know, like he's set up to be super awesome to start the year, regardless. So like it even, 
like I, I imagine through the first like four or five weeks of a day, he will definitely probably be a top eight guy, and you can summon. Okay, do I think he's gonna stay? I'll keep him. If not, you'll trade him. Kind trade of trade him away. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I like it. So, um, so in that in that kind of group with Matt, there's also Henry Jacobs and Freeman, kind of like uh-huh. being. It's it's like that kind of third four like yeah pretty much the third round running backs is what I'm gonna call it is like I think that's where they're all going is that third round where there's all these guys who they could break into that top tier um, kind of consists of like carry on Aaron Jones Fournette Mac Freeman Jacobs Henry like that group basically mm-hmm. and so um, Jacobs and Henry are like are gonna be workhorses for sure like. <laughs> That's kind of a thing we know at this point. They like, not really know, but like that's something I'm pretty sure about is they're going to be workhorses. Um, I don't know which of the two I'd rather have between Jacobs and Henry. Hmm. For me, it's a toss-up. That's a tough one. Yeah. Um. What about, would you take Freeman over them though, or where do you have? Freeman yeah, I would take Freeman over them unless it was Dynasty. Hmm. Yeah, I mean Dynasty. It's, I would say Jacobs. Yeah, you got to go with Jacobs. Mm-hmm. But um, for you know, for redraft purposes, I guess on this, you know, as far as like finishing this year in the top eight, Freeman's done at that a lot before. So, of of those three, I'm gonna take Freeman just because. Again, for him, it's a health thing. Which I mean, with all these guys, it's you know the running backs. It's a health thing. It's I guess. Healthy. I guess I've had to pick one. Like I mean, I guess Jacobs. He's the youngest, so. It's probably less likely to get hurt, I guess. I don't know, but that not like that might not even be correct. That could be totally wrong too. Like, but we saw Freeman start to break down last year, so that's the only worry. But the Falcons' offense is good; should be good again. No Tevin Coleman. There's gonna be a little less competition there. We've seen Freeman be awesome before, as far as like you know, really awesome finishes. Yeah. So, like, let me look up his finishes and stuff like that. But he's pretty much consistently like been. A top ten back. He's been top five. I'm pretty sure. He's, he's, he's been. I think he was like number one in 2015, or like in that top three, like the 2015, 16, 17. Yeah, he was like balling, and then he got hurt last year. Yep. So, what kind of injury did he have last year? Um, I'm not sure. I think it was either foot or knee. I know he's had some concussions issues too. Yeah, I but, thought it might have been a concussion, but that wouldn't take him out the whole year. Yeah, I think he he's missed one. Oh, there they are. Oh, there's the sirens again. There's a lot of those fuckers, huh? Dude, I tell you, man, DC is just full of crime. <laughs> Rip. But yeah, I'll I'll look into this Devonta Freeman, uh, whatever his most recent thing was. So, um, you've got one more guy in here who we're both pretty high on. Um, Tevin. Yep. Tevin Coleman. Well, now he's not with the Falcons. He's with the Niners, and I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure he's the starter because Jarek McKinnon sucks. And uh, he's with Shanahan again, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which is already a pretty good uh, resume just going into the organization. But two-year deal, I mean, I think if that if Tevin Coleman stays healthy, like him with this team could be just disgusting. The only thing with the Niners is it feels like a lot of their team is injury-dependent. You know, like if Garoppolo yeah. gets hurt, which is also likely, then his he's going to go down in value as well. Yeah, this, the team, the whole team needs to stay healthy. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And they but, have um, a rather injury-prone quarterback, unfortunately. Yeah, he's been hurt a lot. I mean, he had the what was it, the ACL, and then what else has he had? But um, oh yeah, well I'm looking that up. Freeman Freeman had a um, a sports hernia repair. Ah, okay. Well, then he should honestly like that's a different kind of injury. Yeah, a little bit of rehab and rest. He should be fine. Lots of rest. Yeah, that, this thing where it's like oh, like once that's recovered, like it's recovered. Like mm-hmm. it closes up. Like you know, gets fixed. You know, it's probably not gonna like it could tear back up, but like it's not you know super likely i'm gonna say but um yeah it's not an acl tear where you're not sure if they can move the same way anymore yeah it's it's he'll probably like that's not he's not gonna rob him of his agility no he probably like feels a lot better now yeah <laughs> honestly he'll like a lot of recovery time you could you know rest you know but um yeah so um with um with with jimmy g in 2016 where he was like the backup briefly for brady he had a just a shoulder ac joint sprain and then he tore his acl uh last year mm-hmm Okay. So, I mean, it's not really, it's really just been the ACL mostly because the shoulder joint AC sprain is, you know, I don't know how much that, you know, would carry on as far as like potential re-injury. Yeah, that shouldn't, not at this point. You know what the cure I for do, that is, Jimmy? Give it to Tevin. Stop hanging <laughs> don't out run. With porn stars. <laughs> stop hanging out with porn stars. <laughs> and then um, two other guys that are on here, um, they're kind of going later, but I don't necessarily think they're top eight. Um, I, I put Ingram in here. You put Joho in here. Yup. Um, Joho's Ingram, lighting it up, man. Yeah, that's the Eagle. It's it's two situations of like okay, Eagles super good offense. He's currently the lead guy, and it's they've kind of talked like Miles Sanders looks good, but they're not going to use him like a ton right away. And then Ingram is in a. I mean, okay, this can be different, but it's going to be a run a run heavier offense compared to the rest of the league. And so, for sure, when it's when it's the read option with him and Lamar, like it's sometimes going to stay with him. So, like, yeah, I think Ingram could be a nice touchdown guy too. Like, the, I think those two are being underrated right now. Yeah, Mark Ingram is going to pile up a, a lot of yardage this year. <laughs> uh, Joe apparently is learning how to catch too, which is another scary thing because he didn't ever do that. Yeah, I'm not sure how much I buy that per se. But it's hard to say, like, was it because they had Tariq Cohen, they figured they never needed to, or could he just never do it? Probably some of both. A little bit of both. <laughs> it's funny, but, um, but if he does learn to catch and he is the lead back, I mean, that's, he's, he shouldn't be taken as low as he is. Yeah. It's a good offense. So he'll definitely have his weeks and like, there's going to be a lot of red zone opportunities is the biggest thing. Yes. Like a lot of goal line work there, but, um, Moving on to our wide receivers, we've got outside the top twenty that could finish top ten. Um, it's a you know tough ask there, right? But because um, the top ten, it's you know it's crowded up there. You've got yeah, you know, obviously you've got Julio, you've got Devonte, you've got Hopkins, you've got Thomas, you got Odell, you know Mike Evans, Juju, Tyreek. I mean, a lot of you know Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton. There's a lot of guys up there. AB even been on his feet. It's hard. It's hard to break into that top ten, but I don't know top twelve may be better. I don't know. Some of these guys are outside of the top twenty-four, but um, mm-hmm. these are guys kind of going in that. Let me look at the round range. But they kind of going in that like uh, fifth, sixth, even seventh round that have a lot of upside that we see. So um, 
One guy we both love is Robbie Anderson. Robbie. Um, there's been there was like a graphic going around about his schedule being tough, and like there are there are enough games where he's got some tough corners. So like I mean that's a bummer, but that's also it's also the NFL. Yeah, I was saying like he's in the AFC East. He's got Stephon Gilmore, Tre'Davious White, and Xavier Howard. Anytime he plays a division rival, mm-hmm. he's still gonna torch his division rivals probably half the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like looking at it, he's been fine against the Bills. He's had more trouble against the Dolphins and uh, Patriots. But... Yeah, his first game against the Dolphins, he did well, and then he hasn't really since. Mm-hmm. So, but. Like going through the list, you're like kind of breaking it down. It's like okay, like a lot of these guys are either young or aging, or like his, like or get okay, Robbie's like a god on crossing routes. And then, <laughs> like some of these guys could look at like Norman. I think I think it was Norman who was like not great at crossing routes anymore. So it's like okay, like matchup makes sense there. But the the the, the reason to be wary would be you know some of the tough matchups. But there's a lot of reasons to be excited. Um, there's a better line. They've improved that with Khalil and whoever they got from the Ravens. Um, obviously, there's the chemistry with Darnold we saw last year at the end of the year that really picked up. Um, oh yeah. And so, and they have just to, they have more pieces there now. Being a new wall who may, might be healthy. There's Crowder. There is um, Lev Bell. You know that guy's pretty good. He's pretty good. Um, Hearn is kind of coming into his own. He's suspended briefly, but um, and then, I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to, you know, just shit on Adam Gase for no reason. I don't really know what's going to happen there with the Jets. So he had the Dolphins. I can't really blame him too much for what happened there. They were bad anyway. The yeah, Dolphins were bad with whoever. I'm pretty excited for the Gase offense, if it's I'm being be honest. Intriguing. Like, yeah, I don't know how it's going to work, but... I know he's got Lev Bell lining up all over the place. I know that they really like Ty Montgomery. Uh, they think he still has a lot left in the tank, and they're using him everywhere like if, if they use him sparingly that makes sense he's not he's not a workhorse but he's exactly a great yeah guy, yeah i think he'll be like the wr3 rb two to three for the team he's just gonna mm-hmm. have like little bit rolls all over the place yeah he's sort of their gadget guy and then now robbie has other people to take pressure off of him mm-hmm. which is nice jameson crowder is a great ad just to sort of take some of the take some of the pressure off of him and then, of course, Anunwa should be back. And they drastically improved the O-line. And the reports on Darnold in the offseason, like, I'm trying to, like, ground myself. <laughs> got to keep, keep your chub down a little bit. How absolutely, like, gushing people are over <laughs> Darnold right now. I'm like, all right, well, the season hasn't started. I'm not going to listen to it. But, like, if the reports are true of how much he's improved – Robbie, oh my god. Remember the, the speed stat you showed me yesterday? I didn't yeah, know like, how fast Robbie was. Yeah, so there was this graphic of like time spent above like certain speed thresholds, like time above 15. And like, so it percent, okay, as a ball carrier, that's the time you spent above 15 to 20 miles per hour. So Robbie Anderson has spent um, 60% of his ball carrying time above 15 miles an hour and 12% of it above 20 miles an hour. And his top speed was 21.5 miles per hour. This is among wide receivers. Right. Now, this was funny. I didn't realize how fast Calvin Ridley was because he's on this list too. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tyreek like, pretty much lives at 15 plus miles an hour. <laughs> he was 70, 72% of the time he was 15 plus miles an hour when he's carrying the ball, which, I mean, I mean he's got a runner from his problems, so that works, <laughs> I guess. Um, and then Deshaun Jackson... 
16 percent of the time he was 20 plus like, wow. <laughs> he just and like just above 20 miles an hour yeah and like he's getting like kind of older too so it's pretty impressive yeah him with oh, he's, he's 32 yeah he's just 32 now so that's him not that he's still going that fast oh yeah but anyway back on track um yeah darnold he he looks pretty good in the last year and their connection was getting pretty awesome i'm gonna say mm-hmm. and looking at this his he throws deep a lot like his intended air yards getting back to that he was uh fourth and his aggressiveness rating i don't know exactly what that means he was you know fifth basically he's trying to push it downfield is what we're getting from this mm-hmm. and i think i'm gonna wager that's to Robbie. um <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> it, was, it was to Robbie. <laughs> yeah, because Robbie, he had a pretty good uh, like target percentage last year too. Like he was, he was like dominating like just in general near the end of last year, and he was getting like all the um, targets, like the main target share. Like he finished the year super strong. Like those like last couple weeks, like weeks 13, 14, 15, he was popping off. So the, it, I mean, it's there. Like his target was hurt for a lot during the middle of the year. So. Yeah, and I, I was so I was watching a little interview with Robbie too the other day, and he's like, it's hard to say it after all the shit he's done, but I think he's growing up a little bit. He made a comment that was very short. He was basically like, "I used to want to be the best so I could prove all my haters wrong, but now I want to be the best so I can prove the people who believe in me right." Oh, and I was like, "Oh, Robbie, that's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good sentiment." Yeah. But there is that there's been a complete culture change there, which is really fun to see. Joe mm-hmm. Douglas, the new GM, is just fucking firing on all cylinders. And they're like they're a team. They're like, this is not about one person anymore. We don't want people like that on the team. This is about this is about winning. Or we're, we're gonna be the best. I'm just like, Oh mm-hmm. dude, just tell me all the good things. Yeah, and more plus on Robbie, so there's like the dominator rating this player profile has, and it's basically receivers percentage of total team receiving yards and team receiving touchdowns. And he was at thirty percent, and that's tenth in the league. So he was he is the number one there, like yep. without a doubt. And um, also he um he was let's see, he was ninth in the NFL in uh, air yard market share percentage, which basically means like when Darnold was throwing the ball, like air yards are just you know how far the ball traveled on your targets. So he was ninth in that, and then third in errors per target. So, once again, the big plays are there for him. Big plays. <laughs> big plays. Big. Yeah. So, I like Robbie as an option there to finish inside the top 10 or you know, top 12, get pretty close to that. Um, yeah, and him someone... and Darnold's going to be a fun connection. Yeah. I, to... I'm not even a Jets fan. I might, you, might, you might be rubbing off. You and Caleb might be rubbing <laughs> off. But I'm, I'm, I'm getting higher on them, but like, there's logical reason to, but... Anyway, so who's someone who's someone else you're a big fan of that could, you know, finish entering that top ten? Uh I remember we both liked DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Where's he he's getting taken right now, he's the twenty sixth wide receiver, which puts him overall sixty five. Yeah, it's kinda of going end of the fifth, it looks like. End of the fifth. I mean he's the wide receiver one, right, for Cam Newton and hopefully mm-hmm. a repaired shoulder and an offense that was improving drastically last year cam had career high completion percentage with norv turner and hopefully cam is completely healthy like and that's the case dj moore should as most wide receivers do take a huge step up in year two yeah he's also a yards after catch like right oh (laughs) 
Yeah, he's so good after the catch. And that's the big thing. They're setting up a lot of, like, short – like, between Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, and Christian McCaffrey, like, they're getting a lot of, like – and Cam's new throwing motion to try to keep him healthy. Like, they're getting it out quicker a lot more now and mm-hmm. giving these guys room to run. And it's working, so – It's yeah. working. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty high on DJ Moore. I don't necessarily think he'll break the top ten – but I do definitely think he'll finish higher than the 26th wide receiver. He has the realistic upside too, though. Yeah, I mean, he could easily be right around that 10 area. Mm -hmm. Um, And then some other guys um, that are, I guess guess I'll throw Ridley and Michael Williams together. They're kind of the number twos on their team behind like two studs. Exactly. But all really good offensive where... Even if it's not top ten, or if you know the the guys ahead of them miss a little bit of time, they we could see like an AB Juju type of thing where there's two guys on the same team in the top ten to twelve, where I think it's Ridley and Mike Williams, and then Julio and Keenan are all good enough that that is like a realist. It's it's probably like it actually can happen. It's not just like you know wishful thinking. There's a, that's like actually possible. Yeah, and I think people are seriously, like, not realizing how good Matt Ryan is. (laughs) Yeah, he was nuts last year, too, and Calvin Ridley is so so good, too. good. Matt Ryan was so good last year. The fact he didn't go to – he didn't get to go to the Pro Bowl or anything like that. Like, he didn't get Mm -hmm. acknowledged whatsoever for his year last year. That dude – they had one of the best offenses in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the defense was so bad, man. The defense, so was, the defense so was in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who's covering this guy? Uh nobody. Oh, well. Uh, Dr. Turner? <laughs> Norv, get out here. Help. Like, shit. They finally have some defensive players back. They drafted pure O-line. And yeah, it's two O-linemen in the first round. Oh. Yep. That's part of why I'm high on Freeman, just because the holes will be huge there. Holes will be huge. Oh, the holes will be huge after the Falcons are done with them. Yeah, the, the, the holes will be they'll be they'll be huge, Morty. <laughs> you, just, you just gotta shove it way up there, Morty. <laughs> you gotta get way 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 up in that hole, Morty. <laughs> oh, jeez, um, oh, Rick. <laughs> so, um, who? So Ridley, Moore, and Mike Williams are all clumped together near the end of the fifth. Um, who are you taking of those three? Ridley, Moore. And Mike Williams. Yeah. <sighs> it's tough. It's tough. It's not easy, is it? No, it's, it's not. It's an easy call. I guess I'm probably leaning DJ Moore and then Mike Williams and then Ridley. Just because, you know, I mean, the only reason being is, like, I personally think, and it's not just because you're a Falcons fan, I do personally think Julio Jones is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, he, he's outstanding. He's mm-hmm. just, I, he's basically a mini Calvin Johnson. Yeah, I am biased, but I will also agree with that. <laughs> like, and I say mini Calvin Johnson because he's not six five. He's you know yeah. six three, four maybe. I don't, right. Yeah, he's not quite. I mean, Calvin Johnson was a nuts, but anyway, I, yeah. Yeah, he's not a micro Calvin Johnson. He's a mini. Um, uh, but Mike Williams, I think, does have a slightly higher upside than Ridley purely because. I think uh, Keenan Allen is very injury prone, and I love Keenan Allen. He's super fucking good, but I do think Rivers spreads it around just a bit more. And if Keenan Allen were to go down, I think Mike Williams becomes the de facto number one. And obviously, if Julio goes down, then Ridley is going to step up too. 
but yeah. I don't think Ridley can do what Jones does quite as well. Whereas I think no. Mike Williams could fill in for Keenan Allen, not a hundred percent, but closer. Yeah. I think one of the biggest knocks on Mike Williams for me is Hunter Henry being back. Um, that's fair to account for, but, but then you also have to account for Melvin Gordon. Like yeah. if, if he's not there that, you know, cancels that out. But if he is there, basically if, Melvin Gordon stays, and then with the addition of Hunter Henry coming back, I think Michael Williams would be my third on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think <sighs> Ridley versus Moore is tough for me. I think I'd lead Ridley. I think I'd go Ridley Moore Williams at this moment. Interesting, just because it's I'm going to base it on you know pass volume and an offense is going to favor the um, Falcons over the Panthers. I think, mm-hmm. but um. But yeah, they are all in that range, and they all are pretty good. Yeah, and they're then, all young. Yeah, also in that range, um, going a little earlier in the round, he's young. Is uh, Cooper Cup um, bouncing back from injury here? Cool. Um, he's someone I I roll up a little bit more um, when he's if he's back and healthy, all good. Which it sounds like he is by all accounts. We know his ceiling, and we know the chemistry he has with Jared Goff. Um, I mean, we saw it last year. Up until he got hurt, he was crazy. Um, we also have to account for, okay, if we don't have the same Todd Gurley, that will mean, I mean, probably probably less, you know, red zone runs. So some of that might go to him. Um, he is a big red zone target. Yeah. I mean, he yeah, he and Goff have that, like, crazy good connection. So, I mean, he had – I mean, he he was going nuts last year. Like, for, yeah. by all intents of – like, I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Um, he had, let's see – in his, in his games where he actually played and wasn't hurt at all, he had 15, 9, 15, 33, 18, 17, and then, then he got hurt at the end of the Seattle game. That's why he had like six and a half. But, um, I mean, he he has a ceiling as well as like a pretty safe floor too. He's just a good fantasy asset. And then um, he was eighth in the NFL in average separation. So, like, the distance between him and the nearest back at the time of catching it. He was also fifth in yards after catch per reception. So we know he has that high motor. Um, high motor. <laughs> what, what a high motor guy. He's really, he's really grinding out those extra yards. He's a real grinder, that one. Really grinding those extra yards out. So, um, yeah, I like I like him a lot. I think he's kind of, you know, he he could end up being that easily the top scoring receiver in the Rams offense, and it's a good offense. Yeah. No, Cooper um, Cup's outstanding. Like Cooper mm-hmm. Cup, yeah. I have a Rob on here, but I'm getting less and less inclined to think he could actually finish top ten. But at the same time, he, I'm not sure. I don't like, think he finishes top ten, but I definitely think he could surprise a lot of people this year. He's someone I think. Yeah, I, I think he's being underrated. Yeah, at least. for sure. At the very least, like just someone, just someone to mention in that regard. Yeah, 74th overall, 30th wide receiver taken, and like yeah, he's, he's probably the wide receiver one for the Bears, and he seemed to look pretty good with Trubisky when he was playing. Yeah, the biggest issue in that offense is just how much they spread it around. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's hard to stay consistent there. That's the only issue. And also, last year was his first year back from the, his injury. Was it ACL? Something like that. He he tore something bad in his leg. So last year was his first year back. So there is the obvious you know possibility of him getting, you know, him upgrading from that. Yeah, rehabbing so. and becoming the player he, he should have been. 
I uh, yeah, I have him in Dynasty, and I at the beginning of the offseason I was trying to trade him, and now I'm like actually I'm kind of glad I didn't. Yeah, he's going at the six seven turn, so I mean it's a pretty it seems like a fair spot. Like he just went around, like he's just just behind Robbie, mm-hmm. just before Christian Kirk and Will Fuller and like Marvin Jones. So like it's a it's an accurate spot for him. Yeah, I think I take Will Fuller over him, but yeah, if you want the upside. Yeah, but um. Yeah, the thing is with the Fuller is like at least like when he's hurt, like you're not gonna play him. Like it's the thing, like you're gonna get these bomb games from him, but like you're not gonna be like, oh no, he blew it. Like if he blew it, it's because he got hurt in the game, and then you're not gonna play him the next game. Like yeah, that is the one like thing like that's not gonna say underrated, but like I'm okay with picking guys who I know will ball out when they're in, and then just like might miss some games because then you're not gonna like you can't fuck up that one. Like true. If that makes sense. Like, that's the thing about Fournette is, like, usually we know he's not going to play when he doesn't play. So, kind of that's kind of the gist of that. Like, I'm okay. I'm more okay now drafting guys who, like, I think are going to miss some games. Because when you know, you don't have to worry about them being shitty. That's fair. You just put them on your bench. You can always trust dishonest men to be dishonest. <laughs> you can always trust a hurt wide receiver to be hurt. Yeah. <laughs> but... Anyway, moving on to uh, tight ends. So, um, well, I guess we'll start with Hunter Henry. Um, He's so, back, baby. Yeah, with tight ends, we phrased the question two ways. So there were two things. There was one. So we started with who out of the top 10 could finish in the top five, and we're like, that's probably not going to happen. So we kind of changed it to who has the best chance to join the Ertz, Kittle, Kelsey tier, who can, tra- who can like, you know, crash that top three party. Mm-hmm. Um, I said Hunter Henry um, because – in 2017, pretty much in his whole career, like all every like metric efficiency, whatever has shown like this guy is super good, like more or less Gronk levels of like efficiency, pretty much yeah. with him. And so like he's super good, and he he just has he just got hurt so much. I know he needs so, to like, stay healthy. That's the thing. Like the talent is super there with him, and he's in a good offense. That's a good offense. If if there is no Melvin Gordon, that's a lot of that's a lot of goal line work that's open, right? And so, like, obviously, some of that will go to the running backs, but like, and also Hunter Henry's never had a full season without Antonio Gates crashing his party. So that's a thing too. I want to talk about like, there's now Antonio Gates is now no longer there to like catch Philip Rivers' eye. Like Hunter Henry's the tight end there now. Like that's that. So. Is he not? I thought he was still with them. I don't because I, I know he retired, he but I, they pulled him out last year. Yeah, to play again, but like I, th- I think I think he's actually done now. I don't okay. know. I'm, I'm my assumption slash hope slash what I'm <laughs> fairly sure of is that Antonio Gates is not like with the Chargers playing anymore. But yeah, and plus if Justin Jackson, who we really like, beca- does become the running back because Melvin Gordon gets shipped somewhere, then. He's not really the pass-catching back Gordon is. Hmm. He can do it, but he is more of a runner. I think Hunter Henry in the red zone is going to be scoring all them TDs. Yes, I'm big on Henry. Um, I would say Evan Ingram if they weren't on a shit offense, but... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Evan Ingram has all the talent in the world. Yeah, he's so good. And Hunter Henry is still at 24, so... Yeah, like not... he was just, he was just drafted in 2016. Like he's he just got in the league recently. Oh damn, that's actually younger than I thought. Shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like going through the list, I'm not that high on Ebron. I don't think he should be the seventh tight end taken. 
Uh, Jared Cook's right about where he should be is the number eight tight end. I think he probably will finish around there. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think he'll find success with Breeze. That looks like a, yeah. a good matchup to me. He tends to do that. He just goes somewhere for a year, and he does pretty well. I think he'll do really well with Breeze. I mean, he's the, I guess he's the number three target. Like, there's Thomas, Kamara, Cook, right? It's the yeah. three. Like, he should be the number three target. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now, I mean, Latavius <laughs> isn't going to catch it. No, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, as much as we like Traquan, he's not been consistent. And then Cam Meredith, I think they got – He's gone him. now. Yeah, I think he just yeah. signed with the Pats. Makes sense. But, yeah, no, he wanted to. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, I, a lot of people like O.J. Howard as that guy to join that top tier. Um, I'm going to go with Hunter Henry, though. Okay. What about you? Uh, well, I love Hunter Henry. He's definitely one of those guys for me. Um, I have to say, I am pretty high on O.J. Howard. Most of my Tampa Bay like optimism is stemming from Bruce Arians. Yeah, I'm not understandable. I I do put a lot of faith in Bruce Arians. I think he's an outstanding coach. Mm-hmm. Him working with Jameis, if he can fucking get Jameis right, man, then they're they're that offense is going to be scary. <laughs> <laughs> Next time he sees uh, Jameis trying to eat a W, he's just going to smack him upside the head with his little messenger cap. <laughs> Jameis, those are bad for your cholesterol. <laughs> Uh, as far as guys, though, that could join that top three, I think they pretty much own it. I There are a couple guys, though, I do want to throw up as maybe higher upside people. Uh, I don't see any reason Delaney Walker doesn't just retake his job with the Titans. He's really not that old. Uh, he's 35, but he's still doing fine. Like, I guess he is on the older side, but... So like I said, you see him kind of going back to that like six to eight range. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely do. Um, I Mariota loves him. <laughs> yeah, and he had an thing. ankle. He had an ankle uh, injury last year. It wasn't like a knee or anything like that. I think I think he'll bounce back fine. Yeah, Jonu Smith is. I I don't believe Jonu Smith will be ready to start the year either. So, which is another thing. Hmm. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, they're saying right now he's the best pass catcher on the Lions. That's obviously horseshit. Marvin Jones is probably the best pass catcher, but TJ Hawkinson is also there too. Yeah, I mean, obviously Kenny, yeah. but like I'm just that one catch Marvin Jones had. Oof, that guy's acrobatic. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, TJ Hawkinson, I think he'll do pretty well. It's just that he is a rookie. I don't like to predict rookies to be in the top three of their position as far as tight ends go. Yes. Yeah, tough um but he i do think he'll be in the top 10 um who else i like noah fant quite frankly rookie again also iowa but like with denver i think it's very likely that flacco feeds him in the end zone uh whenever they're near it I don't know yeah whenever they're near it and then for the love of god chris herndon what are you doing all the way down here I, I assume this is redraft, so I assume it's fully suspension related because he's out for four games with suspension at the moment. It's four games, and then the bye week is week five, so like that's why. Yeah, if he yep. wasn't suspended, I think he he would be like you know that near tight end ten or something. But I assume that's it. Yeah, I mean, I'm like reading up on him. People are like, oh, well, it's a new offense. He's not going to be used the same way. That's garbage. Chris Herndon's really good. 
Yeah, I think the thing that's making him not draftable is the suspension. Like, yeah. You don't get him for five weeks now. Which is, you know, I get that, but at the end of the year, he long, is yeah. going to be near the top ten, even as after missing five game, games. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, points for game, I think he has finished pretty high. Um, someone else on here I have. I have, So, someone I think, like, outside the top ten who could actually finish top five, because after the top three, like, it really is a crapshoot. Like, I think Austin Hooper has a non-zero chance <laughs> of that. Um, I don't think he's, like, amazing per se, but cracking the, I mean, being tight in five isn't necessarily actually a huge ask. Um, this is going to be, I believe, his third year. Um, and last year, he got 71 catches for 660 yards and four touchdowns. Like, that's, you know, pretty okay numbers. As and far he's as, like, younger than I thought. He's yeah, only he's still 24. Really young. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he was, this is, yeah, this is third year. Um, let me see, last year he was tied in. All right, this is his uh, fourth year, actually, technically. Sorry, my bad. Um, yeah, last year was his third year, and he kind of came on. He was, he was tied in seven last year, actually, by at least what I'm looking at here. So he was already a top 10 tight end last year. He's going pretty low right now. Um, the Falcons' offense is good. So, like, if that if the touchdowns go, like, so if his yards go to, you know, 720 and his touchdowns go up by, like, two or three, like, that's very easily top five, I feel like. There's, there's a good, like, so, I mean, if you get 720 and seven as a tight end, like, that's, that could definitely compete for top five just given the tight end landscape. So. Yeah. I'd feel a lot better if they just released Sanu. Yeah, he's he's also there being pesky. I don't like at this point. You have Jones, you have Ridley, you have Hooper. That he's should a great, he's a great help for the team though. Like he's great one. He's great Julio insurance. And he's a good third guy to have. He is. He just he takes just enough targets away from like certain people. <laughs> that is like <laughs> they can throw the ball pretty well too. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> hey. Yeah, backup quarterback. Right. Kurt Benker got hurt. Uh, how do shop. you feel about Vance? He's I right like now him. he's 10. Yeah, so like somewhere like this fantasy football calculator has him at 8. And then I guess um, what's his what's fantasy pros has him at 10, you said? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That sounds about right. Um, they lost Brown and Jesse James, which is when we were doing that target re- redistribution, that was like 200 targets Yeah, that they lost. I mean, lost. That, that four to 10 range, like, the, those, like, that could be jumbled in any order is the thing. So, like, I imagine, like, I think he's going to finish in, the, in that range. I just don't know where exactly. Um, I mean, I like him. He's, earlier in the offseason, we like, he, okay, he's climbed up a lot, like, in on draft boards recently, I think. Mm-hmm. Because we got him at a pretty good spot in that dynasty league. We got him at a great spot. That was a but, wonderful pickup. Yeah. So his, yeah, his ADP's been going up some. I mean, I have to say, I think he finishes pretty, pretty high. I think he is within the top ten by the end of the year. Oh yeah, I, I, I think top ten is pretty good for him. And even possibly, I'll put him at like seven. I think he's still behind your top three with the. Uh, Kelsey Ertz mm-hmm. and uh, Kittle, but and then if and then if you have you know Howard Ingram Henry, then I guess after that you're saying Vance. Yeah, because I think gotcha. he'll do better than Ebron. I think he'll be right above Cook. Yeah, so seven sounds right for him. Yeah, I can get behind that. 
So yeah, not not exactly top three, but not exactly a bad option. I think he is a dependable like weekly tight end you could rely on. I think he'll, especially in a league if you have like a tiered sort of tight end scoring like we do. <laughs> um, yeah, I think every week he's going to be getting at least a few catches. Yeah. And Juju can't catch everything. Yeah, dude. Like, how many targets is Juju going to get this year? <laughs> well, so how many targets did Vance have last year? Because if there's 200, right, there's 200 targets that have to get redistributed. Mm-hmm. Vance had um, 73 targets last year. All right. So, well, now fantasy, this pros thing is projecting him to get between 90 and 100 targets, which would be 30. That sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Jalen Samuels will get some. Connor will get some. Whoever, like Moncrief, Washington will get some. I think that means, <laughs> like, Juju's going to have, like, 80 more targets. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. Like, like he, he was already at 166 last year. Like, he could get close to 200 targets, as, like, wild as that sounds. Yeah. I think it'll cap. I don't think he'll quite at 200, but he is in for just a monster feeding session. So 2015 Hopkins hit 192. Mm. Yeah, I guess I can look up most targets in the NFL season there. But like, I was, I figured it'd be like Hopkins would be near the top there. Julio's got to be up there for some of his seasons where... I mean, he's not always red zone guy, but just the amount of targets and receptions and yardage. Mm-hmm. Yo, Edelman had 195 in 2016. Woof. <laughs> um, okay, 2015. Oh, wait, this has it different. Apparently, AB hit 200. Uh, it says in tw- okay, this might be wrong, but in 2015, apparently, AB, Hopkins, and Julio hit 200. So something's off here. Mm-hmm. But they were all at or near that. So. So, I mean, Antonio Brown has been at or near 200 targets a couple times, though, so that's possible. Oof. Heard you ain't at 212 one time, dang. But, sorry, I was getting distracted, but yeah. Oh, yeah. But, <coughs> so, I mean, Juju can actually definitely could approach 100, like 200 targets. Oh. That's nuts. I'm, Juju. I'm, I'm super high on Juju's career trajectory just because, like, I think it's a typical case of, okay, so, like, we're, we've, we've seen... Um, Andre Johnson and Hopkins, you know, Hopkins was the number two and then eventually was the number one. We've seen Roddy White to Julio, that transfer, you know, we've seen that that kind of thing happens. Like eventually like the number two guy, like is the number one with the number one guy leaves. Like, I think that's going to be the Juju to AB is now that AB is gone. Juju is going to be a true number one. Yes. I think he has the right attitude too. And Mm -hmm. it's not the, like the most shiny sort of prospect or, you know, aspect that a prospect can have but he's like he's got the right head on his shoulders he's level-headed and he likes to goof around but he does his work and i don't mm. know i think it's gonna work out for the kid yeah he's also good <laughs> yeah not to mention he's outstandingly talented mm-hmm. yeah so that's yeah i'm i'm excited for him but anyway this has been the um I don't know what we're gonna call this. I I I call it split the difference. I don't really want to call it split the difference. Yeah, where basically, people are being drafted and where they should be drafted. Yeah, basically like these kind of these mid round guys. Like once you hit outside the top two rounds, <clears> once you get to like you know even the uh, this is really this is really rounds like four through eight for the most part, and then like sometimes later for the quarterbacks. But the parts of your draft that like 
So you can lose your league in like the first two, maybe three rounds, but like you win your league in those middle rounds. That's when you take those guys who, like the guys who were going outside of those positions who end up being a top 10 at their position. Like those guys who become the huge values, that's where you really like win your league. So win your league people. Yep. So any final thoughts on people that are, you think are going way too high or way too low? Um, I guess as far as too high, um, I mean, we know how I feel about Damian Williams. I don't need to say that. (laughs) Um, Breeze is going too high. I think Baker Mayfield is going way too high. Um, Let's see. Anyone else? Breeze is definitely going way too high. Yeah. um, As much as this pains me, I think one of Diggs or Thielen, we're going to look back and be like, they went way too high. Where are they even being taken right now? Thielen's Um, 10. Diggs is 14. They're in, the, they're in the third round. Like one of them, we're gonna look back and be like, "Wow, that was a bad idea." I don't know who, but <laughs> I think it's gonna be super run heavy. And then also, Chris Godwin is going a little too high. I do love Kenny Galladay. I think he might be going a little too high too. Mm-hmm. For fourth round for those two is kind of a little much. <clears throat> that's the biggest thing. In the fourth round, I can get. I don't know. I guess it actually gets. That's that's when a lot of the good running backs are gone. So I guess it makes sense. Actually, never mind. That's the fourth round's tough. <laughs> yeah, fourth round's got a lot of talent you You just gotta hope you luck into someone falling to you yeah but um what about you anyone stick out to you as being way overdrafted uh well yeah definitely we mentioned the breeze thing that was one you shouldn't be the seventh quarterback off the board not anymore it's Mm -hmm. not for fantasy we love breeze but not for fantasy um I i also think joe mixon's overdrafted right now I think he'll start to fall, maybe. But he, I think he bad. should start to fall. The AJ Green injury is significant mm-hmm. uh, for just the focus of the offense. Like, and defenses will just be able to target him. <clears throat> um, let's see. I think Dalvin Cook. I'm. I'd, like I know you mentioned that you think they'll be more run heavy. I'm actually I'm like actually absolutely on that train too. I think they're going to use Dalvin Cook a lot, um, even mm-hmm. though he is being taken ten. I don't necessarily think he's being drafted at a bad position. I am pretty high on him. Yeah. So like, quick quick aside. So after those top six running backs, there's Saquon, McCaffrey, Kamara, Zeke, DJ Bell. I think that's a pretty consensus top six. After that, where are you going? Um. After that. Because like. Right now, like so, some of us have like Connor right after that. Um, Gurley, Mixon, Cook, Chubb. I do like Connor. I liked Mixon. Um, I think... I'm a little lower on him now. I also like Chubb and Aaron Jones. Yeah, my next three, I think, would be the Connor, Chubb, Cook, and then I'd have Gurley, Mixon. Yeah, and of course Cook, Gordon. Unfortunately, we just don't know. Yeah, that's that's hard to with him, but. Yeah, I think that second round or those egg me first round, like Bell, Connor, Gurley, Mixon, Cook, Chubb in some order, and then after that big drop off because we don't know what Gordon's up to. Like if Bell had just been taken and we're drafting, and I need a running back, and I'm right there, I'm probably taking Connor, Cook, or Chubb like right at that turn. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, realistically, I'm probably taking receiver. Yeah. Right, Kelsey, <laughs> like I'd be taking Hopkins, Adams, Julio, Thomas, Kelsey, something like that. Right, but, but yeah, in, in the event you did like you were like I need a running back. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's quite interesting going through tiers and stuff. We'll have to do like a tiers episode maybe, but um, yeah, tiers for tiers. But anyway, this has been our Split the Difference episode of Mozzie and the Muscle with some rants about um, Foles and Lamar and Goff. Or not Goff, sorry. And um, who, who do you rant about? Flacco. Flacco, yeah, Flacco, Foles, and uh, Lamar. There we go. Slight Falcons rant about how good their offense is. Yep. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I enjoyed the Foles rant the most. <laughs> but um, yeah, the random Foles rant. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes yeah. you just need a big quarterback with a big receiver. Yep, it's got to be tall. But, um, <laughs> anyway, thank you all for tuning in. And the season is starting soon, so we'll be having more and more uh, regular episodes. And um. We won't leave y'all hanging as much. So thanks for tuning in and hope y'all have a great uh, night watching the preseason. Hey, have a good one.